everybody. This is Crystal. This is Kat. And welcome back to Alternative Interests. Oh, you did it again. Yes. What? I was going to say yay? Or did no, I? You... <laughs> okay. uh, how about I just do this next time? <gasps> Could you imagine, Crystal, if that is what was my thing instead of... If like it was like every time I I started a new sentence like that would be awful. Oh my god! Uh, so let's be thankful that it's not that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Although I can tell you right now, I'm looking at my recording and it is big. It's very obvious. So <laughs> very easy to find and edit out. I mean, I don't know. You could confuse it with my laugh that I'm sure gets like pretty big. On no, no, because the laugh is like they're they're distinct lines that are all oh, separated. Okay, all right. Yeah, there, everything well, there has kind of a flow to it. It's very interesting. Nice. But um, today we are going to go over part two of the disappearance of Heather Elvis, which I am super excited for because I am so proud of myself that I did not look any. Up prior to this recording, so I am very proud of you. Also, because I do not have that kind of <laughs> restraint. Honestly, I'd probably lie and be like, I didn't look up anything, but See, in, I would know everything. I'd probably lie too, but I'm really <laughs> not lying. <laughs> like I did not look anything up, mainly because I'm super into the next case I'm going to do. So selfishly, it was because I was too busy looking at my stuff. You know what? That's fine. Whatever keeps mm -hmm. us going. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a really quick recap of part one, even Perfect. though um, if our listeners are anything like me, uh, they waited to listen to part one until part two came out. So you just got done listening to part one. I'm going to recap it anyway. That's the way to do it, though. So you don't forget anything. <laughs> That's actually every time a two part episode comes out for anything. I'm like, well, got to wait for exactly part two to come for part two. Out. I think a while back, Crime Junkie released um, a part one, uh, an episode that turned into a part two. Uh huh. And the title was so long, I couldn't see that it was part one. So I listened uh -huh. to it and I got to the end and they're like, and next time for part two. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Imagine your disappointment. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. That's why I appreciate things like when Netflix releases a whole series and you don't have to wait for the next one. Like the Night Stalker series that just came oh, out. Oh, that was the other thing. Yes. Have you started that? I haven't. I heard it is very good, but it is very graphic. And like the evidence they go into, they like really I, go I into I also it. heard that it was very thorough. Uh-huh. And I actually heard that you may want to watch it quickly because I heard that there's actually some backlash about how graphic it is. I have a oh. feeling that they may pull it in edit and re-release. Well, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Just okay. going to binge it. Yeah. Because it's only like four or five episodes, I think. Yeah, it's only. Yeah, I think it's only four, I believe. Well, I'm going to watch that and then I'll report back to you. I mean, I might have time to watch it tomorrow, too. It depends. But yeah. Anyway, so okay. really quick recap of part one. Go. Um, Heather had been having an affair with a man named Sidney Moore. Sidney uh, was married and his wife found out about the affair and started harassing Heather via text message. And Heather ended up breaking off their affair in uh, early to mid November of 2013. Okay. So on the night of two, uh, December 17th, 2013, Heather went out on a date with a new guy who was much more age appropriate for her. And after that date, she went missing. So evidence came to light indicating that Sydney and his wife may have had something to do with that disappearance. Police went to their house. They took a real quick look around kind of... Uh, anticipating getting a search warrant together mm -hmm. um, and police had established with Sydney that he had had a phone call with Heather the night she disappeared that's right and 
I remember I the recording. The recording that I played of him. <laughs> they still have payphones? Like, yeah. He thinks he's so sly. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we have the video. And he's like, yes, I did call her from a payphone. Like, dude, you just were claiming you didn't know they still had payphones. Right. I hate it when people are like that glib about I know. I, don't, yeah. I know. I know. So anyway, that is a real quick rundown of part one, which means we can move on to part two. Yay. So police actually got a t- another tip from a local homeowner. And they had information that they said the police would want to see. So they actually had surveillance cameras outside their house. And kind of the layout of the city, to give you an idea, is that the Moors lived on one side. Um, so Sydney and Tammy lived on one side of this person's house. Okay. And Peachtree Landing was on the other side of their house. And Peachtree Landing is where they found the car, her car. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. So this person's surveillance cameras showed a big black truck going towards Peachtree Landing right before Heather's phone shut off. Oh. And then driving away from Peachtree Landing right after her phone shut off. Okay. So this is kind of some big news that the police were waiting for. They didn't really have any evidence that connected Sydney and Tammy to Peachtree Landing. But uh-huh. they kind of have it now. They have you, your hands up. Oh, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I'm in school. Yes. How far, <laughs> how far away is Peachtree Landing from Sydney Sydney and his wife's house. I know they said it somewhere, but it is something like 15 to 20 minutes. Oh, okay. Not very far. And so they, they have surveillance of the black truck from this person's house of it passing one way and passing the other way. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. And remember last episode we said Peachtree Landing is one of those places you don't just kind of end up. Yeah. If you're going there, you're going there. Yeah. So when they say this truck is going in the direction of Peachtree Landing, it's not like I'm driving through Texas on my way to California. Yeah. Kind of. It's Mm -hmm. like they're they're going down this road and this is where this road goes. Okay. So it's it's narrower but it's not quite like they definitely went into this parking lot, but it's mm-hmm. pretty dang close. Okay. So on February 21st, this was just a couple days after the initial kind of walkthrough that police did uh, with Tammy Moore in their house. The police came back with a warrant and they stormed the house. Oh, wow. Their house was an absolute pigsty. I don't know how people can live like this. So different, were, different. Was that different from when the first time they remember when they went and Tammy just like let them in and mm-hmm. check things out. So did it look different from that time? I think it did because they okay. didn't mention it looking like this. Oh, okay. So there were moldy potatoes, rotting Ew. meat and garbage everywhere. I have never, I don't understand how people live like that. Yeah, the smell of it is just disgusting. Well, especially that combination that you just described. Mm Mm-hmm. Ugh. Okay. So they, while they were there, they seized computers, shotguns, a handgun, and they were able to take Sydney's black uh, Ford F-150. Okay. But that camera system that they wanted access to. Oh yeah. The one that the, uh, the cop noticed in the first one, but he didn't say anything. He noticed it and kind of didn't say anything. Right. The one in the house. Yeah. It was completely different. Oh, it was new cameras, switched it out, which meant all the information that they Uh, wanted was gone. Oh man. That police officer must've been like, ugh. Right, because they did their best to yeah. like, not call attention to it, not look at it. But I think them being there that day just must have spooked Tammy enough that she was like, we have to change this all right now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Also, on February 21st, Sydney and Tammy were arrested for the murder of Heather Elvis. Without a body? Without a body. Oh, wow. So they had to have had other evidence on them. I'm sure they did. Like, they had to have had something that they were like, this is compelling enough to arrest them for a murder. 
Exactly. So on February 24th, actually, is when, so three days later is when they actually had the, um, a press conference and they're uh-huh. like, this is what we're charging them with. Yeah. And also a judge said that the two of them would be tried separately. So I've always been under the impression that you can't, well, I, I know you've, they've done it before, but you need, it's ideal to have a body when you're going to take someone to trial. Because it's much harder to prove that the person is dead without a body. So do they just have a lot of circumstantial evidence then? I think that's what they thought they had. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's see how this pans out. So they were arrested in February of 2014. Mm -hmm. Sydney was first up to go to trial. He didn't actually go to trial until June 2016. Oh, wow. So it's like two, almost two and a half years. A lot happened in those two and a half years. Like what? So in the days after their arrest, so they were arrested on February 21st. It was announced that they were both, both of them were charged with kidnapping, murder, obstruction of justice, and indecent exposure. Indecent exposure. I'm glad that caught your attention. <laughs> yeah, because that just, I mean, the other stuff, yeah, because of Heather, but where did the indecent, indecent, indecent exposure come from? I have a feeling that this was, remember, Tammy and Sydney said that their story for that night is that they were driving from parking lot to parking lot and having sex in their car. Yes. I kind so, of have a feeling it had it something, was something to do there. with that. But those charges were never actually explained, and you'll find out in, in a minute why. Okay. So Sydney and Tammy both had their bond hearing separately in March of 2014. A judge denied bond to both of them. Oh, wow. So good i mean they if they did this they should stay locked up until their trials well yeah but right now i'm thinking they did not have good they must have not had good representation because to be charged with all of that and still not have a body and i don't know what circumstantial evidence they had and they were held without bond that just seems a little much do you know what i'm saying it's like so I don't know a ton about Tammy's lawyer, but uh-huh. Sydney's lawyer was a guy named Kirk Truslow, and he was a very high-profile lawyer. Oh. And he took on this case pro bono. What? Yeah. Gosh. So, I mean, um, at the very least, Sydney had a very good lawyer. Okay. So, um, in addition to denying them bond, a couple days later, a judge issued a gag order to everyone saying that law enforcement, um, both sides, lawyers, anybody who was involved with this investigation or the trial, all of them had a gag order. And any of these offices could like release a written statement, but the judge had to sign off on it first. Oh, okay. Okay. Just to make sure whatever they were saying was. Yeah, it wouldn't influence a jury. And remember, this was kind of a media circus around this disappearance. Yeah. Because I think one of the lawyers actually, or it could have been a judge. I didn't write this one down. Said that this case had all the makings for a scandal because it involved Mm -hmm. sex a um a beautiful young girl and an affair and all of those things kind of mixed together makes everyone go huh i want to know more and people talk and there's just a bunch going on with that so especially when you see pictures of him and uh the other one yeah the other one (laughs) the wife you're kind of like what yeah (laughs) okay anyways go on so Tammy's father actually died shortly afterwards and she was she was not allowed to attend the service but she was allowed to go in full shackles um, escorted to go see his body uh, to say goodbye before the service like at the funeral home or something yeah yeah so in January of 2015 uh, I believe 
Sydney's lawyer put in a request for a bond reconsideration hearing. Mm-hmm. Basically, they wanted them to be able to get out. Like, okay. Lawyers doing their job. Yeah. So a judge agreed. He set their bond to $100,000 plus uh, Tammy and Sydney had to have ankle monitors. They were not allowed to contact any members of the Elvis family. Family, yeah. And they had to stay five miles away from their house. From the house that they lived in prior to getting arrested? From the Elvis house. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But so then they, but were they allowed to be together back yes. in? Oh. Yeah. Isn't so, that not good? Yeah. You'll see that this is just the tip of the not good iceberg. Oh my gosh. So within a couple of days, they both posted their bonds and they were both released. Mm-hmm. So Tammy and Sydney were not allowed to contact Heather's family. But that didn't mean their friends couldn't contact Heather's family. Oh, no. So specifically Tammy's friends and family started adding Heather's family and her friends on Facebook. And they started sending them all kinds of awful messages about how um, they didn't go into specifics in this documentary I watched. But they were like they were talking about. The fact that Heather was ruining a marriage and uh, she probably deserved what she got. And that is awful. Yeah, absolutely horrible. So then in August of 2015, a judge modified the bonds and Sydney and Tammy moved to Florida. They were allowed to do that? Yep. They claimed, oh, and actually, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode. I looked up more information about this county. It is pronounced Ori. Oh, okay. Ori. Did I say Hori? I said Hori. (laughs) It's Ori. Okay. Sydney claimed he couldn't find work in Ori County, and apparently he got a job interview in Florida. Well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, everyone knew about the case in Ori, and so... I, I mean, would completely understand no one hiring him. I get exactly. it. Exactly. I just don't see how they go from not having being denied bail to then granted bail and then and, being able to move and out then of state. being able to move out of state. And yeah. not only that, but being together too. Yeah. I, I would think you wouldn't want two people together. They're um, also married being... and you can't really prevent them from no, being together. No, but, but they're both being, you know, they're about to be tried for murder. I mean, I don't know. Well, speaking of tried for murder, in March 2016, the DA said that there was just too much circumstantial evidence and not enough physical evidence and mm. they dropped the murder charges. See, I, I mean... Totally get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Really unfortunate, but I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So the charges that stayed is that uh, Sydney was being tried for obstruction of justice and kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. And Tammy was being tried for kidnapping and conspiracy to kidnap. Oh, okay. So the uh, the indecent exposure charges also disappeared. And yeah. I think that's why we never really got an explanation on them. Just because yeah. they showed they were weird to begin with and then they just kind of <laughs> yeah. disappeared. Exactly. Something else that happened in the middle of all of this was um, really weird. Sydney and Tammy also had charges brought up against them for Medicaid fraud. What? Yeah, apparently in the middle of all this, they had uh, apparently they misrepresented their income from these companies that they ran. Like basically Sydney was an independent contractor. He had his own company and they uh-huh. they understated how much money they made. And it ended up giving them extra benefits that they should not have gotten. Very, very similar to Marcus Wesson not claiming that boat. So he got extra oh, benefits. Okay. So 
nothing ever came of this either. Okay. Weird. So someone just looked into it and then dropped it, basically? The charges, actually, I don't think were ever dropped. They're just there. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so this brings us to June 2016. And the trial for Sydney finally starts. So I I don't know why they did this, but ultimately it's a really good thing. They separated his trials. So he was brought to trial on the kidnapping charges separately from being put on trial for obstruction of justice. We are starting the kidnapping trial right now. All right. So the first witness in this was Heather's manager, Jessica. Remember, she's the one that told police that if anyone knew where Heather was, it would be Sydney. That's right. She's the one that kind of told them about the relationship. So mm-hmm. her her testimony was pretty much what you would expect. But then she also kind of dropped a big bombshell on the whole entire court. So one of Jessica's jobs as manager is that she was responsible for the uniforms at Tilted Kilt where Heather okay. worked. So remember their uniform is a bra with a little um, like tie front yeah. mm-hmm. and a mini skirt. So shortly before Heather disappeared, she actually needed to size up her uniform. She went from a size A bra to a size C bra and she had to go up a size in the skirt. So how do you go from a size A to a size C unless you have a boob job or... I'm assuming you're pregnant. That's what Jessica said. Yeah. Jessica actually was like, Heather, is there any chance you're pregnant? Yeah. So Heather actually ended up taking a pregnancy test. Uh Uh-huh. She took it at work and she showed it to Jessica because she was confused. So when she got this result, it said error. What? Right, I've never heard of that before, but no. I guess I guess Jessica had heard of this before. And on Jessica, the pregnancy test? Yeah, I guess it happens when you don't pee on it enough. Okay. So it's like an inconclusive test. It can't tell you positive or negative because it, just it doesn't says have error? enough data. It says error. Okay. So I guess Heather was so upset, she kind of refused to take another test. Why? Okay. Uh, okay. That... To me, that doesn't make sense because you would want to know if you are or you're not. And so when you get an error, I would automatically want to take another one again. But I think at this point, the timeline is really weird on this. I think she and Sydney had already stopped talking at this point. So then she just basically, I'd, I don't know. I'd still want to know. I'd, I think it was one of those like, put your hands over your ears and la, 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 yeah. la. And like Ignorance make it go away kind bliss. of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Also, another new piece of evidence that came up during this trial was another surveillance video. Mm-hmm. So we have the surveillance video showing Sydney walking to the payphone. We have a surveillance video from the person's house. Mm-hmm. There was a surveillance video from a local business that also showed this black truck driving towards Peachtree Landing. Mm-hmm. So it passed by this business at 3.39 a.m. And remember, Heather's phone went dark at 3.42 a.m. Okay. The truck was driving away from Peachtree Landing at 4.10. So so if we're talking about the layout of this again, there's Sydney's house, the uh-huh. neighbor's house, the business, Peachtree Landing. What kind of business was it? I'm not really sure. Okay. I think it was, um, I get the feeling it was like a convenience store or something like really small like that. A forensic video expert actually did an analysis on this video and he did what he called headlight spread pattern analysis. And this was actually kind of cool. It was kind of cool when he explained it. So basically what he did is he rented a bunch of different makes and models of trucks and he drove by that business at night with the headlights on Mm -hmm. at like 345 4 in the morning and they took the video of every single truck that he drove and compared it to the original video how interesting it was really cool and 
It sounds really cool. I would never want to do a job like that because I would probably be bored out of my mind, but it sounds really cool. Really cool to see the results. uh, Yeah. And I'm glad there's people out there that enjoy that kind of stuff because I'd be like, I don't know. It was the truck. I don't look at it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you have to prove it's the truck. Yeah. But one of the cars he drove was Sydney's truck. Oh. And it matched perfectly. Perfectly. Like they showed um, a comparison showing both videos at once, the original and Mm -hmm. the recreation. Mm -hmm. You cannot tell the difference. Tell the difference. At all. Headlight spread. Hmm. Yeah. So the defense attorney on cross-examination basically got this guy to admit that this was junk science, though. Oh. Which, if you think about it, it, it kind of is. Because this guy was trying to claim that, like... The headlight spread pattern is similar to like a fingerprint. Yeah. And while I can kind of believe that to an extent, it's also like a lot of trucks and manufacturers have the same equipment. Like, yeah, but not every single car is the same height or maybe like drives the same as far as like. Look at me. I'm suddenly like a car expert when I don't even know when I need gas in my car. But uh, like, I don't know. I don't think it's junk science. I think that's kind of like cool that that's something that they looked into. I think it's cool. I, I don't know how I feel about this because this one guy is the only person who uses this. So it hasn't actually been backed up by peer-reviewed science. And that's where I'm like, "Eh." Well, he's a trailblazer, Crystal. Leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) But like the, what he was able to do, really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Boring, snore city, but interesting. So there was actually one more video they Mm -hmm. showed. And this one was from a Walmart. Ooh. And it shows Sydney parking his truck, going into Walmart and buying something. What did he buy? A pregnancy test. What? Yep. On the night that Heather disappeared, before he called Heather, he went to Walmart and he bought a pregnancy test. Okay. I bet. Tell me that they interview him and they say, did you buy a pregnancy test? And he said, What's a pregnancy test? Oh, they still have that. <laughs> they don't still just have wait those? for the belly. To That's weird. Like- <laughs> I was. Ju- I usually just waited till the baby came out. Holy moly! <laughs> you're not allowed to ask a woman if she's exactly. Pregnant. That's rude. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> so no. Um. Actually, them showing this video in court made Sydney like visibly nervous. Like, I guess he was kind of like calm and cool the whole time uh-huh. until this video got showed. And then it was like, he was visibly like fidgety. Oh, so, so what's, what was his explanation on the pregnancy test? You know what Sydney went and did that night? What? He called a local news station and he did an interview with them. What? In the middle of the trial. You can't do that. Sydney did. Oh, I bet his lawyer was mad. They had to have I, been. I have no idea because Sydney went to the news and he told them, you know, of course I bought a pregnancy test. Me and my wife are trying to fix our relationship. I bought it for her. She was waiting in the truck for me. Oh my gosh. Bullshit. Yeah. So the the prosecution actually said in this documentary they were like the weird thing about this is that Sydney was not taking the stand and because he made this statement outside of the trial they couldn't even question him on it oh so he went and he did this super shady shit to get his story out there and his statement out there in a way that the prosecution couldn't even fight so this guy's an idiot, but a smart idiot. Kind of. Yeah. I have no idea what his lawyer thought of this. I don't know if it was his lawyer's idea or if it was just Sydney thinking he could get away with stuff. I want to say that his lawyer probably kind of told him in a roundabout way. Listen, if you, you know, go say something, they can't. They qu- can't do it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like saying it without saying it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. 
So in addition to the the defense team kind of rebutting all of the witnesses and all of the evidence, they have to do their job to create reasonable doubt. They can't just deny everything. Mm -hmm. So the way they did this was very smart. They said, and we've actually stated already that Peachtree Landing has no lights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And at 3.30 in the morning, it is going to be so dark. So think about this. You're Heather. You parked your car at Peachtree Landing. You turned it off. You're waiting for Sydney to come see you. Mm -hmm. All you see is a truck and headlights. That's true. And when a truck and headlights is when you're staring into it, you can't see anybody inside the truck. Right. Yeah. But because she knows Sydney, she's she was dating Sydney. Yeah. She'll recognize that, you know, this is his truck. Even if exactly, you know. Well, and she's she's meeting them there and it's whatever o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. So she's just going to hop right up in the truck. Yeah. So what if it was Tammy and not Sydney? Oh. That is what they did in the truck. So very smart, right? Yeah. So, But she would have figured it out, I would assume, like as soon as she walks to the passenger side door and opens it, unless she's just like, I need to get in the car and, you know. Right. But you like you're... Your guard's not up. You're expecting this person. You're just going to, I mean, the trucks are an F-150, pretty big. Like you got to look, especially with how dark it is. You got to look down to see where to put your foot to hop up in. That's true. And then she could have locked the door as soon as she got in there. Yeah. And even if Heather noticed when she opened the door and looked up into the cab, even then it's too late for her to really do anything. And you're probably too shocked at that point too, to like, you're trying right. to process what's happening. Right. The fact that you thought Sydney was coming. Exactly. And this is Tammy. And you're like, he set me. It's just that whole, like you're frozen. Yeah. In your tracks. Exactly. And there's nothing you can do about it then. So that mm-hmm. is what the defense argued. And, you know, Tammy had motive. I mm-hmm. mean, she had big motive and she was harassing Heather. So mm-hmm. the defense, they made this argument and they ran with it. Good. So the jury deliberated for nine hours and they ended up deadlocked. Oh, no. So 10 to 2, they could not come up with a verdict and it was ruled a mistrial. That's always the worst. So there's two things about this that I want to make note of. The first one is that nine hours seems like a really short time to rule a deadlock. Maybe that's just me, but I feel like nine hours, they would be telling you, uh, no, go back in there and talk about it some more. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You would have to like, uh, try to see if you can work on it more. Yeah. Because I mean, I've been in that situation before where we were like, yeah, we can't come to an agreement. And they're like, uh, ha ha. Nice try. Get back in there. Yeah. Hmm. So, and we, we honestly, we had only been deliberating for like half a day at that point. So I get it. But still nine hours. That's, that's the well, end of one day. That and sounds to me like a couple of the jurors had made up their mind, like in the middle of the trial then. Possibly. And, you know. But one other thing. Huh. One of the jurors was friends with the defense attorney. Stop it. Isn't that like a mistrial automatically? Isn't that a conflict of interest? The prosecution tried to say that. So the judge turned and said, sir, can you be impartial and not let your friendship here affect things? The guy said, yeah, sure. And they're like, nope, it's fine. He can stay on the jury. Oh, my goodness. That should have been a mistrial right there just because of that. Yeah. So, I mean, they I don't think. I tried to find it. It's not published anywhere which two people were the holdouts. Uh-huh. And you don't even know who the people on this jury were. Yeah. But just the fact that this guy, there was one of those people was friends with the defense attorney and they just happened to deadlock is a little too much coincidence for me. Same. Yeah. I agree. I just, I don't like that. No. So on the bright side in August, so just couple months later Sydney went to trial for obstruction of justice basically the whole argument there was that the fact that he originally lied and said that he had not had contact with Heather that night led investigators down completely wrong paths in their investigation and wasted time and money Uh, that's ridiculous 
I mean, that's it happens all the time. Te- I mean, technically, that is obstruction of justice. He lied. And he led the investigation down a wrong path because oh, of his lie. Oh, that's true. Okay. Okay. I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah. So he was actually found guilty and he was sentenced oh, to 10 years. Just 10 years? Well, I guess they don't have a body. Obstruction of justice. Uh, well, can you tell me this? Have they? Are they going to find this body? Let's find out. Oh. Let's. So, so I mean, on on the bright side, even though his first kidnapping trial was a mistrial, at least he's in jail. So, I mean, that we got that going for us. Uh, yes, correct. So, after he was found guilty of obstruction of justice, apparently his family just could not believe that he was found guilty. Like, they were oh so incredulous. And... They accused, remember the super high profile attorney took this on as a pro bono case. Uh They claimed that he was conspiring with the state and that he, he basically sold out his client to get him convicted. Uh, Why would he do that when he's getting nothing for this? Right. Ridiculous. He's getting plenty of press from this. He's getting notoriety. He's doing it all for free. I mean, that's the reason that these high profile attorneys do this stuff for free is for the press and to make themselves look good. But he, other than like a little bit of personal gain, he wasn't really getting much out of this. He was putting a ton of work into this case. So the defense attorney, Kirk Treslow, actually filed a motion with the court and he was like, I'm requesting to be excused from this because the family is coming after me and I I can't represent this man anymore. Oh, so then he, he dropped um, him. He did. Yeah. Well, that was kind of a waste of pro bono. I mean, would you want to represent a man whose family is claiming that you No. Were sh- like I wouldn't want to either. No, and that would probably stop my pro bono. Uh, my pro- like in the future, yeah, I'd like, be like, Ooh. no, you need to pay me because lawyers get paid a lot. So they he, do, especially he, defense lawyers. Exactly. So he missed out on a lot of money, and the, it didn't really give him anything. It just got him backlash. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing that that whole thing kind of really says to me is that it's evidence that. Um, Sydney's family is just delusional. Yeah. So the apple, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So now Tammy goes to trial on October 29th, 2018, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me. Remember these people got arrested in 2014. Yeah. So it's been five years now, no body. And now she's going to trial. Yep. Okay. So Heather's sister, Morgan, said that one day she was walking through the courthouse to get to the courtroom. Uh She actually physically bumped into Tammy. And, you know, when someone bumps into you, like, yeah, not even like brushing, she like bumped into her. Um, I guess Tammy kind of looked over at her and did a double take because Mm -hmm. at this point, Morgan looked exactly like Heather. So Tammy kind of did this double take and then looked away and just like raced in the opposite direction. Well, yeah, she was probably spooked. Yeah, because the ghost of the girl you got rid of is standing exactly. in front of you. In the start of the trial, the prosecutor said something that was really interesting. And I really, really liked this. So he said, um, the defense is going to tell you that there is a lot of circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial evidence is OK. Don't let them make you think it isn't. Memories fade, testimonies change, but circumstances don't. So hmm. I liked that because that is he's nice. basically, he's saying that like people's t- people put so much weight on testimonies, but testimonies can change like mm-hmm. the circumstance around like what happened. Yeah. Right. Like Sydney is a really good example that he doesn't, he claimed he didn't remember making a phone call, but the truth of the matter is He's the circumstance shows him making a phone yeah, call on yeah. the payphone, and we know that it was to Heather. That doesn't change. No. So right. what he says the conversation was about might change, but the fact that the conversation happened does not change. I like that. I like that too. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good. So a family friend of Sydney and Tammy named Jacob Melton testified. Uh, he said, so you see this photograph sometimes. Sydney had this big tattoo 
across his lower abdomen, ew, like down. Ew. Guess what it said? Oh, um, payphones. What? Tammy in uh, big fat capital letters. Oh, I want to throw up. So, Who does that? Well, apparently, Jacob was there when Sydney was getting this tattoo done. And apparently, Tammy had said, quote, if you hadn't gone out with that Heather girl, this wouldn't have happened, unquote. Oh. So basically, this was like a punishment for a him. branding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Creepy, right? That is creepy. Again, we know who wears the pants in that relationship. Oh, yes. And she lets everyone know it. Exactly. So Tammy's cousin um, also testified. His name was Donald Day Marino. <laughs> So he said after the disappearance, he was hanging out at their house. They were outside on the deck smoking like cigarettes with mm-hmm. Sydney. Sydney kind of leans over, opens up his flip phone and kind of shows him a photo. Of what? And, well, he said it was a photo of Heather. Oh, no. And originally you would think that this was like a, a lewd photo of Heather. Uh-huh. Because that was my first thought. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. No, his exact words are, it didn't look like she could walk or talk in that photo. Oh, no. So he said that he thought that photo was taken as proof for Tammy that the job was done. Oh, so why didn't he go to the police? You know, I'm not sure why. So I think he may have, he was in jail, I believe, on drug charges And I think he started telling police about it at that point. Oh, so he because he wanted to get something from it, probably. No, actually, they did not offer him anything for it. I think it was just he was like, I'm in here anyway. I may as well. Yeah. Tell you. Yeah. Because they were very clear that like he wasn't offered any time off his sentence. He Uh wasn't offered any extra perks. It was just he was. He wanted to be honest about this picture that he saw. I think so. So was she on the ground? Like, did do they go into detail about him talking about details about the picture? Was she on? They they actually wouldn't let him go into detail about the photo. Why? You would think they would. Well, so I guess. Remember, I said they seized computers and phones. Uh huh. Uh huh. There was a lot of stuff on those drives that was deleted, and they couldn't recover it all. Oh, this photo is one of the things that they did not recover. Okay. So they don't even know if it's real. Oh, okay. So why bother with all the details? I would just want to know in this picture, like I would want to know if he could tell me anything that I knew he didn't know about it. Like, like, did it look like she was in a car? Did it look like she was in a messy car? Like her, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Because we know she kept her car really messy. So what did it but look there was, like? There was no evidence of like anything happening in her true, car. True. But I, the photo, I know it was like she was beaten up really bad. Oh. Like really badly. Okay. And so why would he show that to him? Are they talking about it? Were right. That's the other thing is why would Sydney just casually be like, hey, look at this really cool photo. Like yeah. I don't get it. Okay. So the defense was... Their tactic here was weird. So they come up and they're like, so do you ever lie to your mother? And and he was like, no, I no." They're like, never. You never, never lie to your never, mom. Never, like, ever. White lies. <laughs> and he's like, no, my mom and I always keep things really honest. And they're like, so sure. she, your mom knows about like all of your drug history. He's like, yes, my mom knows about all of that. Like, she knows I'm not perfect. She knows about all this uh, history I have and issues with drugs. And the defense attorney was like, you know, that's admirable. Let's listen to this tape. Oh, good. (laughs) So it's a tape of a phone call between this guy and his mother when he was in prison Mm -hmm. because they record all those phone calls. Of course. So his mom was and this must have been like shortly after he first started talking about this photo because his mom was saying, well, what if people hear that you're talking about this photo? What what will happen then? And on this phone call, he tells his mom, mom, the photo isn't even true. It's made up. Don't even worry about it. Okay. 
so then the defense attorney was like, okay, so did you lie to your mother? <gasps> like, did, did you lie to us and say that, like, you told us you never lied to your mother. So did you lie to your mother or did you lie about the photo? Oh. And so he was like, I, I lied to my mom, dude. And they're like, so you just perjured yourself, which is that that little line. I was like, really, really, yeah. you're going to say he perjured himself over something like lying to his mother. Yeah. Really? But I guess it really got well, under to his make skin. a point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got worked. under his skin. And while he was sitting there up on the in the witness box, he actually you can hear him. And he's like, you're pissing me off. Oh. And so after that, like. It was dude's kind credibility of, is like yeah. shot essentially oh, like I wouldn't listen to another word he said especially because this is the only guy saying that this photo exists yeah that's so it's, too bad. it's like we're relying on this one person saying this he saw this photo like you you can't tell it just like you were saying like you can't tell me anything about this exactly. like exactly where was the photo taken because if it was taken like for example, he's like, oh, I saw this rock in the background that that well, that's rock what is in I'm their saying. backyard. Yeah. I mean, he I don't think he gave them any of that. So it's like, so okay, it was dude. useless. That yeah. whole thing was useless. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, you know, Tammy took the stand. She did. She did. Oh, Tammy, here you go. Oh, yes. Oh, no. So the defense right away, they were trying to make um, the jury feel for her. And they told the story about her having to go and see her dead father in shackles and how heartbreaking that was for her that she couldn't even go to the service Who cares? and she had to be escorted. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So when the prosecution gets up to go um, say, like, go start interrogating her, um, the woman's name is Nancy. I can't remember her last name. But uh, she gets up and she goes, so, uh, Miss Moore, do you know who I am? And Tammy is like a bitch. God. She's like, yes, you've been making my life a living hell. Oh, my goodness. Tammy, shut up. And she calls her by her first name. She, like, calls her Nancy. And it's like trying to put them on the same level. She's like, they yes, Nancy, I know who you are. They are not on the same level. Yeah. Right. And the prosecutor is like, I... When did we meet? When is the first time we've ever like seen each other? And Tammy's like, um, I believe today is the first time I've ever seen you. Oh my and she's goodness. like, oh, I'm just trying to establish when we were when we got on a first name basis. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> yeah. God, and her attitude on the stand was just very like aggressive, very snippy, very like I'm better than you. It was horrible. You know, I don't like to judge, but ever since I saw her picture, I just do not like her. And then all of this makes it even worse. Oh, yeah. Because when you see her photo, you can totally see it. You're like, yep, to she's 100%, 100%. So Tammy testified for two days. Ugh, yeah. People, juries had to listen or the jury had to listen to her for two days. No, thank two you. Two days. And you know, she loved every minute of oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she thought she was up there manipulating everyone, taking charge, uh -huh. wearing the pants. Yeah. But. Did she wear pants? She I probably think so. did. Probably. She doesn't look like someone that could pull off a dress at all. No, she does not. No, uh uh. Um, but anyway, the jury went to go deliberate. And when the jury came to a verdict, uh -huh. the courthouse was so packed, they actually had to start turning people away. Oh, wow. Because they were like, we do not have room for any more people in this room. And the jury found her guilty. Yay. That makes me happy. Yes. Good. So she was sentenced to 30 years for kidnapping 30. and 30 years, the maximum sentence. Wow. So she got more than Sydney. Well, remember, he only got obstruction of justice. He still needs to be retried for kidnapping. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. So oh, I bet she that got, made her mad. She got 30 years for kidnapping and 30 years for conspiracy to kidnap. And it was served concurrently. So she's serving both sentences at the okay. same time. No chance of parole. Nice. So Way she to gets go, 30 jury. years and that's all she gets. Yeah. And basically everybody says that Tammy did this to herself because of her attitude when she was testifying. 100%. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to make a good impression on the jury, especially, but you go up there with that attitude, 
I yeah. mean, come on, play the game a little bit at least. Or don't play it so hard. I feel like she was trying to play it too hard. Maybe. I don't know. So then did they retry um, Mr. Idiot? Mr. Idiot. Yes. <laughs> so Sydney's um, retrial actually happened in September of 2009. So not that um 2019. Oh. So not, not that, that long, long ago. ago. Yeah. All the same witnesses. It's the first time around. I actually watched Jessica's testimony in its entirety. Uh-huh. And most of it is, again, the same kind of stuff you'd expect. When the prosecution was trying to get her to testify about those text messages she saw on Heather's phone, they wouldn't let her talk about them. Why not? They called it hearsay. But they're text messages. I guess something about the fact that it was not her phone, so she can't say, like... What do you mean it wasn't her phone? It was Heather's phone. It was Heather's phone that she looked at with the text messages from him. Yeah. So it's like, I guess that is here. It might might say it's from Sydney. Yeah. But it could have been from somebody else. It could have. Yeah. Okay. So they actually would not allow her to talk about this text. That totally makes sense. But also in watching this trial and other people can say if they agree with me or not. I thought that the judge was like unnecessarily hostile to the prosecution. Oh, it was like at every turn he was being rude. Like rude is the only thing I can say. Well, maybe, maybe he was related to what's her face. (laughs) The defense attorney. Yeah, exactly. This time, like I said, they showed all the same stuff they showed in the first trial. But this time they added another new surveillance video. Oh. We've, we already have so many, but this one is like a brand new one that no one even knew existed before this trial. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. What is it? So again, remember the police wanted to get a hold of that original surveillance system? In the house, yes. Yep, they showed up and it was a brand new one. Uh-huh. Well, this is a, a video from the new system. <gasps> okay. So it shows... Tammy and Sydney outside in like a kind of courtyard area of their home. Yeah. And you can see their truck just behind that. Okay. Tammy walks around the courtyard kind of looking around. Um, She was making comments about like police planting bugs in their house. Uh-huh. And then it shows Sydney and Tammy cleaning out the black Ford truck for hours oh my goodness like a deep clean oh a deep that four hours they were cleaning this truck how many days after the disappearance is this i don't know okay i know it was it was um so I'm this pretty is sure between this was... after the cops showed up the first time and before they showed up a second time basically yes okay yeah. in addition to them cleaning out the truck this way uh-huh the video also caught on on camera a burn pile that they kept tossing rags into. Oh, wow. Rags that came out of the back of the truck. And this was in like their backyard. Yep. Hmm. With all the testimony and this new evidence and the absence of a juror that was friends with the defense, mm-hmm. the jury found Sydney guilty. Good. It only took them 90 minutes. 90 minutes. Wow. Yes. Nice. Yes. So he was also, um, he was sentenced to 30 years for kidnapping. And plus the four, the 10 for. But they're going to be serving concurrently. concurrently. Okay. So okay. 30 years. 30 years. And unfortunately, even like to this day, Heather's remains have never been found. That is insane have they ever done a search warrant for like the property that the house is on and looked i think i think they did one that day and i mean they've done multiple searches um kind of mixed in to all of these um this whole timeline between their arrest and this final trial they actually shut down a big section of freeway and they said it was in connection to this um the case this case that I think they were looking for a body there, but I mean, they've 
they've never found that is the body. crazy that they've never that is always baffling to me in cases like this where like it is clear you know who did it and you still like with uh you know the jo- the Joshua Powell and um Susan Powell oh yeah like we know he did it we know he clearly killed his wife but where is she exactly exactly where is she Right. And like in this case, it's like Tammy and Sydney are obviously not they're not criminal masterminds. So it's like, where could they have put her that she still hasn't been found? Exactly. And there's other cases, too, like Susan Powell and Kyron Horman. Like, yeah, where where is he and where is his body? And we obviously know who had something to do with it. But where is it? And well, that's actually that one. If there's enough, if there was enough circumstantial evidence for Sydney and and uh, what's her face here, why don't they have enough cir- circumstantial evidence in the Kyron Horman with the stepmother? Actually, um, me and Elle did that one a while back, uh-huh. and I'm not convinced it's the stepmother. Really? Yeah, I'm just not convinced. The timeline doesn't match up. But she's the one that took him to school. Yeah, we we discussed it a while back. And maybe since you are actually localized more closely to Uh that case, maybe we should do a really quick like revisit of that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah, let's do an update um, because maybe you can give some details that we weren't able to find. So let's let's plan that. Okay, that sounds a future episode. Yeah, because that would be interesting to get your take on that. because It's such a local case for you. Yeah. So in the aftermath of all of this, Heather's family actually created an organization called HELP. It stands for Hope, Encouragement, Love, Purpose, Perseverance. And it's actually a support organization for people who have lost loved ones and like they're missing. That's nice. It's really sweet. Yeah. That that must be torture, honestly, for her family to not have any closure for that so I wasn't going to mention this but I will now because you've mentioned how hard it is on her family Uh her sister Morgan especially oh yeah so Morgan actually does pageants now oh um she was named like Miss Myrtle Beach she does um I think she was doing um Miss South Carolina she pays for all of this stuff herself she works her way through to pay for her gowns oh wow and her coaching and she's very very good at this Uh uh-huh well the help organization has they take donations Mm -hmm. for things And some people were claiming that Morgan was using these donations to fund her entry into these pageants. Oh, my goodness. So really recently, she actually had to come out. It was, I think, in in early 2020, late 2019, early 2020, she actually came out and on video was like, I can't believe I have to do this, but I have to clear the air because people are making these accusations that I'm spending alone. Right. And you know what? I bet it was some of uh, their fan- their friends that uh, Sydney's friends. Oh, I wouldn't friends. doubt it. Because, I mean, just from the past and during the trials, like, just oh, yeah. leave them alone. That just has to be awful to have zero closure. Because to me, even if I have two people that are convicted of, you know, killing somebody that I love or having to do with their death, there's still no body. So even... Uh, there probably would be a little part of me that would be like, well, what, what if like there is right. no body. Like, so what if even... she's out there somewhere? And you know, they may have done a funeral for her. I don't think you can legally declare someone dead until, until they've you been have missing a body. for yeah. five years. Yeah. No, they, once they've been missing for five years, you can declare them oh, dead. Oh, okay. Okay. So they may have declared her dead already. I don't know if they did, but it's like, even if you had a funeral and yeah. had her legally declared dead, that's still not closure no. uh-huh. because you don't actually have her physical body. No. And then you're always so, wondering what happened to her. What is the story? Like, just. Right. Just and, you know, these me. two are never going to give it up. Yeah. Uh, they actually there was rumors that after Tammy was convicted, she was offered a uh, like some sort of deal that if she testified against him, um, Sydney and told them what happened, mm-hmm. they would like cut her a deal. Mm-hmm. She never took it and nothing official ever came out about it. But it was like huge speculation right before mm-hmm. Sydney's trial because they actually 
they shipped Tammy into a courthouse from where she was being housed. Oh. It was just, it was this huge thing. Okay. Um, the other thing about Morgan, which is like, it, it makes it even more heartbreaking is that she just had a birthday this last year. We all have birthdays yeah. every year, but she is now officially older than Heather was when she disappeared. That's sad. Which is really sad. Yeah. Poor thing. Well, yeah. I'm glad that she's, you know, I don't know. Yeah. At least. So circling back to that Medicaid fraud thing. Yes. Once the two of them were found guilty of kidnapping, Uh the Medicaid fraud thing just kind of disappeared. Okay. So like, I don't think the charges were ever dropped. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're in there for 30 years. Like, yeah, maybe someone probably just thought whatever, like they're, they're serving time for something else. It's fine. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, the only other kind of interesting piece of information that I found mm-hmm. is that Tammy has a job in the prison. Most inmates have a job of some sort. Mm-hmm. Her job right now is listed as a ward keeper's assistant. Um, I couldn't find a ton of information on this, but I guess it's kind of a respected position. Of course she would have a job like that. And she's oh, probably yeah. really mean to everybody and nobody. Ugh. She's like the well, Karen she, in prison, probably. She has like zero corrective actions against her, I guess, ever since she, she's been in there. She's actually been Well, good. you know what? She probably thrives in a place like that, if you think about it. Probably. Where she can be intimidating to others. She can kind of, with that sort of job, she can rule the roost. Do you know what I'm, like, she's probably just like. so the explanation, the only explanation that exists anywhere, even on, like, prison wife forums, because I was trying to figure out what this means. Uh The only thing that people can say is that they're responsible for day-to-day operations in the housing unit. So I don't even know what that means. Yeah. The only other thing that's kind of interesting about this uh-huh. is that Todd Kolhep, um, the serial killer, yeah. uh, he is also a ward keeper's assistant. What? <laughs> that came up a ton of times when I was trying to figure out what this was. That is, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Huh. A ward keeper's, but, I would assume that a ward keeper's assistant, you have also probably a lot of un- like said perks is unsaid a word. I don't think so. I think I it's think more like it all. It almost sounds like a a maid. I don't know because oh maybe that literally the only thing I can find is responsible for day to day operations in the housing unit. That's it. So if someone out there actually works in criminal justice, yeah, let us I know. have a friend. Actually, I have a friend who used to work in a detention center. Ask I wonder them. if she could tell me. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd want to know. Well, it's a bummer that they never were able to find closure for the Elvis family. So Yeah, I mean, they're still looking. They're still ho- it's so sweet. They're still hopeful. Well, good. They should be. I mean, and honestly, in the scheme of like missing persons cases, it's sad to say that this is only seven years old, but yeah. like it's seven. Yeah. Seven years old. She disappeared in December 2013. Yeah. So. Oh, well, there's still a chance. I mean, and remember they found that body of the 20 year old man. Yeah, that's um, true. When they were trying to look for hers. Yeah. Yeah. He had been there for several years. So, I mean, there's still a chance. Well, it's hopefully just, they yeah. get closure soon. I hope so. That was or Tammy or Sydney figure uh, out. I hope find a conscience and say something. Well, I hope something. I hope karma will get them eventually. Yes, yes, I hope. Yes. Well, thanks. <sighs> that was um, a good part too. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I do have to clarify really quick. Um, in one of the episodes, I mentioned how it's only my husband that tunes in to listen to me. <laughs> and uh, my neighbor was very offended by that because <laughs> he was like, I listen too. So I would like to take this time to appreciate my neighbor because that he so funny. does listen to the episodes as well. 
Well, thank you, neighbor. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I was, um, when I was editing that episode, because uh-huh. I think that was last week's or two weeks ago, yeah. it was right before Robert Wan came yeah. out. Um, when I was editing that, I was cracking up re-listening to us. <laughs> yeah, he texted me. He's like, he's like, it's not just your husband. I listen too. And I was like, okay, I'll give you credit. He's like, no, really, I listen too. And I'm like, oh, yay. Like, well, obviously, because you know that <laughs> exactly, I said it was just my exactly. husband. But it's always nice when someone... When we, when we know that people are listening, you know, and, and I know we know people are listening, but it's always nice when, I don't know, you hear it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, keep giving us feedback. You guys, I've been getting some really nice feedback. You guys are all so nice. Oh, good. All of you. Good. And just keep listening and keep spreading the word and yeah. Keep sharing us with your friends. Exactly. Oh, case suggestions are always welcome as well, too, if you know of any good cases. I like to do cases that other podcasts haven't really done. I think that's Yeah, good. and there's so many out there oh, yeah. that haven't really been covered. Yeah. And I, I have tried really hard to cover lesser-known uh-huh. ones. I know I said this one was really big in the media but I've never heard it yeah I I haven't heard enough and you know we both listen to a lot of other podcasts so yeah I hadn't heard and I mean we're we're a west coast show yeah and I know we have a lot of west coast listeners Uh so potentially there's a lot of people that listen to our show that haven't heard this either. yeah yeah but yeah thank you everybody for listening yes thank you follow us on instagram rate and review us on itunes Join the Facebook group. I know. I figure I fixed it. You did. Linked, I saw that. I saw that it's you linked it. back up with our yeah. Instagram now, uh-huh. so you guys can comment in either place. <laughs> I don't know or like in either place. I think yep. we have more people following on Instagram than we do on Facebook, only because we do. I don't think Facebook was being updated with the Instagram one. Yeah. So it. It was for a while and then it fell off and uh-huh. now I fixed it. Okay. So it should be connected awesome. again. Yay. We'll see you next week, yeah. guys. Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.